0: the insurance coffee house the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world hosted by nick hoadley ceo of insurance search
1: welcome to the insurance coffee house the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most inspiring insurance business leaders on the planet Now, in today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Charlotte Lack, who is the Head of Global Multinational Strategy and Change at AIG. She's the former Young Achiever of the Year and is one of the rising stars in the insurance industry, so it's great to have her on today. Welcome to the show, Charlotte.
2: Hey Nick. Great to be here. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure to have you on board today, Charlotte, and I'm sure our listeners are really interested to hear some of your thoughts and to find out a bit more about you and your career. So Charlotte, before we move into the main body of the question, if you could start off by giving our listeners a little bit of background and uh, share with us a bit about your time at AIG.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. So I joined AIG, as you said, in 2011. I originally joined in the casualty team based in London, and I was an underwriter there, which was really exciting, really interesting. I got to see lots of different risks. And worked with a fantastic team. I also got to represent AIG and Lloyds of London, which was great. And to see how Lloyds operates was really interesting. I was always very curious to see things outside of my day role as well. So I always got involved in kind of broader things across the organization. And that led to opportunities outside of casualty. So I was then went into a more strategic role, which focused on the UK business, which was really interesting. I got to see kind of the end to end of the business. I then expanded upon that and took on a role which looked at the UK and Europe. I then took a role in casualty, which was very interesting as well, that was looking across the casualty business internationally. Then I moved to New York where I did a similar role that I had done for the UK and the UK and Europe, but that was across general insurance, which was fascinating and that was an amazing opportunity and I learned and developed incredible amounts during that time. And I am now in the role, as we mentioned before, of the head of global multinational strategy and change.
1: Great. So Charlotte, you, you moved out of sort of technical underwriting into strategy pretty quickly. Would you say that's been key to your success so far in your career?
2: I think having the foundations of underwriting has always helped me in all the roles that I've done. Understanding how the organisation works, the way that underwriting works, etc. I've always found that really beneficial. That being said, I think whatever background you have whether that's finance whether that's claims whether that's operations you would always leverage that background and that understanding to your advantage into the roles that you went into as they were across the business where you were seeing more than that one area of the business so I think you can always leverage the background that you've got to help you in the role that you're then in.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Charlotte, what's the coffee that keeps you awake throughout your long day across the international time zones?
2: (laughs) Great question. I am a big fan of coffee, but I don't have one set coffee. I like to mix it up. So sometimes Americano, sometimes a latte, sometimes a cappuccino. It will depend on my mood of the day.
1: all depends on your mood and uh, what what you've got in front of you. completely appreciate that. Thank you, Charlotte. And thank you so much for, for providing us with that background. I think that's really important for the listeners to appreciate ahead of our questions today. Charlotte if I can kick off by asking you what do you do personally on a daily basis that helps set you up for a successful day?
2: So I really like this question actually I think how you enter each day is something that typically is within your control and what you choose to do first thing or how you set yourself up to be successful is up to you. So when I was initially thinking about this question my Immediate thought was exercise. I'm an early riser. I like to make the most of the mornings and I do typically work out most mornings. However, when I was thinking through the question a little bit more, I realized that I probably do have far more daily rituals than originally sprang to mind. So if we think of them in terms of themes, I can probably categorize into three areas and in no particular order. So, firstly, organization. I am a planner and I always have my days planned out. in advance. So this actually applies whether I'm at work or not at work too. I like to know what I'm doing and how how all those timings are fitting together. So organisation is really key for me. Secondly is prioritisation. So this is definitely very applicable to work. Um, I typically review my priorities each morning because things can change um, overnight or you may need to reevaluate depending on emails that you've had, etc. So in terms of how I prioritise That does ebb and flow depending on the role that I'm in and what I'm working on. But I typically like to identify what are the important items or the urgent items. um, And that's how I'll begin my day. And the important and urgent are often not the same thing. And then thirdly, energy, which links back to exercise. So uh, that is definitely a daily ritual for me and I believe helps to set me up for a successful day. I find working out first thing has just been really good for a routine and has been something part of my routine for many years.
1: Fantastic, Charlotte. And I I really like what you say there about starting the day. That's the time of the day where you're actually in control. And actually the rest of the day, you know, we're often in other people's, we're relying on what's happening with the other stakeholders that we're working with. But that beginning of the day is that area where we actually do have control of. So thank you, Charlotte. That's, That's brilliant. Charlotte we understand that in order to be successful insurance business leaders there's often some adversity to overcome along the way so as well as asking you about what's been your greatest achievement in your career so far what's also been your largest setback and how have you gone about turning that situation around?
2: Great question and I think potentially the nature of my mindset may have an impact on this answer so I'm a very optimistic person by nature and I do try and be the positives in any situation and I often think what can be perceived as a setback in the moment at least in my experiences has often opened more doors and led to different opportunities or at least a learning experience. Linking to what you just said actually about the mornings being in your control I think within business and within life generally there can be many things outside of your control so I really think it's important to focus on what you can control and that's making the most out of what could be perceived as a setback so i typically use any opportunity that could be seen as a setback just for growth and development and i think that's quite a mindset approach but that's the way i've always tried to approach things i
1: think that's i think that's a great mindset and particularly in the difficult times that we're in at the moment i think it's so valuable to have a mindset like that charlotte Charlotte, I'd I'd like to ask about how how you got into the industry. We know most insurance professionals fall into the industry, but how did you get into the insurance industry? And and when was that light bulb moment for you when you realised you could be successful?
2: So this question always makes me smile. You always hear people in the insurance industry talk about this, don't you? how did you fall into the industry? I do think historically, and perhaps now for some people too, of course, there will always be people that fall into the industry. But generally from my own experience, but also from having friends, acquaintances in the profession. I think many people do join by choice. So our profession has so many structured programs for people to apply to, whether that's through an apprenticeship scheme or a graduate scheme, lots of different entry-level positions. And so many of them are very competitive to be part of. They offer you career progression, development opportunities at so many amazing organizations. So For me personally, I actively chose to be part of the insurance industry. The dynamic nature of it appealed to me, its relevance to the world around us greatly appealed, the different career paths, etc. So I did not fall into the insurance industry. I chose to be part of it.
1: Fantastic, Charlotte. And it's great that actually the industry is starting to change now and it's it's really attracting talent from universities and and from school leavers because it is such a wonderful industry and such a diverse industry to work in with lots of different opportunities. As Charlotte Who's been the most influential mentor or leader you've had so far in your career? And what have you learned from them?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And my answer is a little cliched, but I do genuinely believe this. So I think you can learn from so many people. I have been incredibly fortunate throughout my career to work for or alongside so many amazing business leaders. All of them have a wealth of experience, knowledge, expertise, and Just being in those environments allows you to learn so much, both directly and indirectly. I would call so many of them my informal mentors. And to be honest, some of them may not even see themselves as that and realise that they've played that role. But I think that's a really important piece as well, that you don't have to have a formal mentorship relationship to be able to gain what you can get from a formal mentorship relationship. So just from being able to observe different styles and approaches, and being exposed to such a wealth of knowledge has been invaluable for me in terms of learning advice from those people, as well as opportunities presented itself. I think one thing I would also say, Nick, is that it's a great question to think about who has been the most influential mentor or or leader that that I've learned from as well. But I think it's really important for people to recognise the value of reverse mentoring. And again, this doesn't have to be a formal arrangement. And, And for those of you that aren't aware although I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with this but typically reverse mentoring means someone younger doesn't always have to be younger but typically it means someone younger mentoring someone older than them and for me personally I was in my mid-20s when I was first working with senior leaders and from an experience standpoint we were absolutely worlds apart they had so much more experience expertise etc but don't ever underestimate the perspectives that you have or the questions that you might ask that can open a different conversation, both in a formal and in an, an informal setting. So I think that's something that the word mentoring can just make people assume that it's a formal relationship, but I think the value you can get out of mentoring, both in a traditional manner, but also reverse mentoring, can be applied to so many different settings.
1: Charlotte, we've had a good look back at across your career and also to your present day situation at allergy but if i can ask you to look into your crystal ball and explain to the listeners how you see the insurance industry developing over the next few years and what do you think insurance business leaders should be doing to be successful
2: yeah so that's a great question nick and if anyone had a crystal ball that would be <laughs> that would be very handy wouldn't it for all aspects of life so I think for the first part of the question in terms of developing over the next three to five years, I mean, if we just take the situation that we're in today and and the insurance industry is always going to be responsive to the world around us, but the predictability of the world around us is increasingly difficult, or perhaps it's always been this difficult, but it's just manifested itself in big events that we've unfortunately had this year. So 2020, I I believe, has kind of seen this more than ever. And if we look at a report from earlier this year... I think it was called the Global Risks Report from the World Economic Forum. And they listed the top five risks, five for impact and five for likelihood. And I don't believe that a pandemic was in either of those top five. Yeah, Yeah, that has been what's defined 2020 and, and will continue to define. But we'll always look back on 2020 and that will be what we remember. So in terms of how it will develop, it's very, very difficult to predict. But in terms of how leaders or individuals can be successful, I think there are three things I would say. All of these we are seeing increasingly in our profession regardless. So the first is part of your question anyway, your question was how should leaders adapt? And I think adaptability itself is key. So we need to make sure we've got skill sets that are transferable, you can apply to any situation, and those will be increasingly important. Then the second thing I would say, and you mentioned this earlier, but it's recognising the value of diversity across teams. So that will help us in... In any unknown situation that we might not be able to predict or new situation that we're in, the more diverse the teams can be, that can be a leadership team, it can be an individual team, and diversity can be from all any way that you can think of diversity. That's always going to be helpful. And then finally, data-driven. So the world, as we all know, is more connected than ever. And we really do have the ability as an industry, as a profession, to use that data to drive and inform decisions. All three of those things: adaptability, diversity, data. It, the industry is reacting really well to all of those things, anyway, things that are happening regardless. but I think that those are kind of good themes to think about.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you there, Charlotte, and what, what you said about those world economic predictions from last year, you got some of the best economic minds in the world, but but none of them could predict what would happen. So it's so important to be adaptable and also to be diverse in your thinking as well. I think that's, I think that's really, really key. Charlotte, we, we know that you enjoy a variety of coffees throughout the day. Are you now ready for, for your espresso in our espresso round?
0: Let's go for it.
1: <laughs> Let's go for it.
0: The espresso round.
1: Charlotte, what is your favourite success quote?
2: A good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader. A great leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. And that was by Eleanor Roosevelt.
1: Fantastic. I
2: must say though, Nick, there are so many different success quotes out there and I think it's far easier than ever to access them. So if you ever need kind of a moment of inspiration, Googling any kind of success quotes will give you that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We did have one of our earlier guests actually had one of their own success quotes, which they're going to be copywriting. But yeah, apart apart (laughs) from that, I think, yeah, a lot of, there's some really great stuff out there and actually really inspirational stuff that can, that can help us throughout our careers and our and our daily work patterns. What is the number one thing you see holding back insurance professionals from being more successful?
2: So I know this is meant to be a very quick fire round but I think it's extremely hard to identify a number one theme. A thread that I think can run through and can be applied in many different ways though is data. So thinking about how are we capturing data and ensuring that we're turning that data into meaningful information How are we recognising the data that we have is based on an ever-changing world and we also need to apply forward thinking? And how are we leveraging the Internet of Things or connectivity to make sure we're harnessing all the data that we can get? So you could think of that through so many different lenses, but I think a thread or theme that we need to make sure as a society, but also as an industry that we're leveraging in the right way is data.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Charlotte. How do you drive forward the standards of the insurance industry at AIG?
2: so I think professional standards are so important and continually driving those within an organisation really does add immense value. In our industry, I would always encourage someone to study towards their ACII. It sets a really strong foundation. It gives you a good understanding of the fundamentals of insurance and that's always going to help you in whatever roles you're in. In terms of what have I done personally, Early on in my career and outside of my day job, I was part of a team who obtained chartered insurer status for AIG in the UK and connected to this, we set up a professional development committee for the UK business. That is still going today. I am not involved in it any longer, but I understand that's something that still exists and and helps drive forward those standards.
1: I think think professional standards are so important. We work with so many business leaders and, and managers who Often don't don't see that value, but actually, it's becoming more and more important that that people are are qualified, have that advanced CII qualification, and actually, for our listeners out there, just taking that first step and and, and doing your cert and then your diploma is really really beneficial for your for your career and moving up. Charlotte, I, I understand from your from your LinkedIn profile that you you won the Crawford Prize. When you did your ACII. Could you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: I did, Nick. Yes, thank you. So I think it was a recognition of the score that I got in the year I completed it. So I think it was a prize for the highest score or the highest aggregate score. Something along
1: those lines. Fantastic, time. fantastic. Well, wow. yeah, that's that's very well deserved, I'm sure. Charlotte, what does AIG do to develop talent and maximise their chances of becoming successful insurance business leaders?
2: Yeah, so AIG is brilliant in terms of talent development and different opportunities that we have within the organisation. I think working for a global organisation comes with so many opportunities to grow and develop. Um, and we have structured and unstructured programmes as well as ways to network across the organisation, which I always think is so helpful for kind of thinking about your career path and different directions that you could perhaps go in. Yeah. In terms of programmes led by the company itself, there are there are so many I've been fortunate to be part of several of them throughout the years um, we have some focus on women, focus on high potentials, all kinds of different strands of development programs which is really good. Regarding structured learning which can lead to qualifications, in the UK as an example we have something called the AIG Career Development Programme that offers opportunities to continually learn and develop or upskill yourself within particular areas. So linked to what we were saying before. You can have technical development through the chartered qualifications for the CII, other chartered qualifications such as the ACCA for finance or the CFA for investment, as well as non-technical development too through leadership programs as well. And then I would say outside of formal programs, structured or unstructured, we have something called ERGs, which stands for employee resource groups. They're focused on diversity and inclusion. But we have so many of them around the world and I think they create a really good platform for networking, communicating with other people globally or even within your office that you may not have met before. And sometimes those kind of networking opportunities can help you understand what other career opportunities are available within the organisation too. So I would say don't underestimate the unstructured ways of understanding where you could take your career path.
1: Thanks, Charlotte. It sounds like there's a lot of different ways that AIG promote development and lots of great opportunities there i like what you say about the informal ways of working through the business because it's about educating yourself about what opportunities are are out there often we we're not actually aware of those opportunities until they're presented in front of us so it's really good way to educate ourselves charlotte if you woke up tomorrow morning with all of the knowledge and experience you have now but your company wasn't there for, for any reason apart from give me a call to see see what <laughs> what jobs i have at the moment how would you how would you start your career again and what steps would you take
2: so i think we've touched upon this in some of the answers to the other questions but there are three things that anyone would have if something changed overnight that they could take with them so firstly it would be transferable skills what can you apply in a new environment irrespective of what company you're at what skills do you have that you could use in a different role if you went somewhere else. Secondly, and and we spoke about this before, professional standards. So if you've got a strong foundation in your professional qualifications, no one's taking those away from you and you will always have those. And they set a really strong foundation in terms of what you can bring to another team, to another department, to another organization. And then the final thing I would say is connections. So everyone always talks about how the insurance industry is a small industry. And it is a small industry. And so if you have the right connections, you have the right relationships, don't underestimate how they will help you as well if you've got a proven track record for delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on.
1: Charlotte, I think I think that's fantastic advice. And I think all, all three of those elements you can build upon in your career and make sure that you have those all in in place to then seek out those those opportunities.
2: Absolutely. And I think... We're all lifelong learners and always continually developing. So you will never get to a point where something's completed. You can always develop and the world around us is always changing too. So,
1: Always progressing and moving forward. That's, that's great. Charlotte, thank you so much for your insights today. I think they've been really, really valuable. Do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show?
2: Thank you, Nick. Now, it's been great to chat with you. One piece of closing advice, I would say, and something that I've always tried to remember, and especially earlier on in my career, is that you don't need to be a leader in order to lead.
1: Charlotte, I really, really love that advice. Thank you for that. And uh, how would our guests go about reaching out to you following the podcast?
2: Yeah, sure, Nick. So very happy for anyone to contact me on LinkedIn. You'll be able to find me and send me a message on that.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing those contact details. We'll be sure to put those on the show notes for our listeners. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us in the insurance Coffee House today. Really enjoyed speaking to you. I hope, hope you've enjoyed our conversation today.
2: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite.
1: Pleasure's been all ours. And I'm sure our listeners would have taken away a lot of great insights and some really good advice as well that Charlotte's been able to give us today. To all those insurance business leaders out there, whether you're based in the UK, the United States or wherever you are across the world, thank you for listening. And I'm sure you have learned a lot and enjoyed our time today. Please do leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app and make sure that you hit subscribe so that each of our episodes download directly into your inbox each week. Until next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House.
0: You've care. been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.